Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you are listening to this from, my name is Herbie Allen, and welcome to Herbie's Cooking Corner for January 18th, 2022. Today, I am going to be making something very interesting. They are called gingerbread brownies. And this will be a new recipe. I got this courtesy of another call facilitator. Tabitha, who runs the book club on Sundays right here on this very ACB community. So uh, thank you, Tabitha, for this uh, interesting recipe that you have uh, given me to try today. And I first of all want to thank um, Debbie for streaming. And I also want to thank Belinda, our wonderful host, who's going to uh, help me out today. And um Excuse me. So we've got a lot to do with this recipe. So how it's going to work is while I'm baking, I will take questions directly related to the recipe. If you're baking along with me and you have questions, something like that, I will deal with that. If you have any more general comments, other tips, things like that, I want to save those for while these are in the oven, if uh, that is okay. And... um. That way, they'll make things go a little bit quicker. So, with that being said, um, Belinda, would you like to um, tell us how we can raise our hands, mute, and unmute? All right, sure thing. So, if you are on a PC, to mute and unmute, it's Alt-A to raise your hand. It's Alt Y. If you're on the Mac, it's Command Shift A to mute and unmute to raise your hand. It's Option Y. If you are on the smartphone app, you're going to find your More button at the bottom right to raise your hand. Uh, you double tap that More button and find the Raise Hand option. To mute and unmute, uh, you will find your Mute and Unmute toggle button at the bottom left of the screen. And if you're on a phone with a keypad or just a standard landline telephone, uh, to mute and unmute is star six, and to raise your hand, it is star nine. There you go, Herbie. Thank you, Belinda. All right, folks, so. As I'm feeding my face here, why don't we get started on the recipe? So. Okay, um, there we go. Sorry about that, folks. I was having to bring up my recipe and hit the wrong button in the process. I'm assuming I'm coming in loud and clear. Yes. Okay. So these are not too difficult to make, but there's definitely quite a few ingredients and quite a few moving parts. So first thing we want to do is uh, um, turn on our oven. First thing we want to do is turn on our oven and have it set to about 350 and it calls for the rack of course to be in the center of the oven. So the first thing we need is two and a fourth cups sugar. 
very key ingredient for brownies. So what I've got is a mixing bowl. <clears throat> and next we are going to get out the sugar. And I've got my sugar in a container with the uh, Braille label on it. So when I want to refill it, I can, but this keeps a nice lid on it as well. So that way, the sugar will stay good at all times. So this is going to be a lot of sugar, but I'm going to get out my measuring cups. So it calls for a two and a fourth cups. So let's start by using our two cups. This is going to be a little bit tricky to scoop. So I'm going to take this over to the sink because the two cup is really big. I could use a one cup measuring cup, but that would take more time. And we're going to pour the bag of sugar into the cup, the two cup measuring cup. And the reason I'm doing it over the sink is guess where the excess goes in the sink makes it for much easier cleanup and we're going to pour that in the mixing bowl and we're going to set that aside now i can take my fourth cup which will be a lot easier to scoop and i'm going to get that pour that into the bowl and we'll just set that aside here in case I need the fourth cup again. It can easily be washed out with a little bit of soap and water. Same with the two cup, should I need that. We're going to put the lid back on and put the uh, thing up. I'm going to go ahead and take down my flour because I know I need that. And um, I know I'm going to need more of that, actually. But it's not real good for baking when you have a limited amount of flour, but we've got enough for today's recipe. And um, so next on our list, after the sugar, is a phone that does not want to cooperate with me. OK, well. When this happens, unfortunately, the disadvantage with technology is sometimes the touch screen can get a little bit sensitive if your hand is wet or finger is wet or whatever, but. Okay, so the next thing we need is our cocoa powder. And then the next thing we need is one and a half cups cocoa. And so let's see, do I actually have a one and a half cup measuring cup? I do believe I do. Hey, what do you know? It's right after the, um, oh, nope, I have a one and two thirds cup. I guess I do not have a one and a half cup. That's okay then. We'll just take out the physical one and half cups and that'll work just fine for what we need. Okay, so the cocoa comes in a rectangular box and uh, come, I did not know there was such a thing as white cocoa until a few minutes ago when a, uh, one of our callers mentioned that. That definitely sounds interesting and as somebody that likes hot chocolate, I should definitely look into this. 
so I am super excited to see what I can do for that. Okay. So I have it still in this original plastic bag. We're gonna bag. We're gonna take the lid off. <clears throat> and there's a little bit of paper covering the thing, and there's one corner where we can kind of peel and get this completely off. Oh boy, it's starting to flip around here. So I'm gonna hold this over the um, bowl so that way there's spillage will go into the bowl. We can't have too much chocolate and a brownie, right guys? I don't think so. Um, now I'm going to hold this over the bowl and I'm going to pour the cocoa into the cup. I could have, when I'm doing the sugar, I could have held it over the bowl too, I guess. I didn't know how much extra sugar would spill though with it being a, um, a big amount like that, so I just wanted to be a bit more cautious. Okay, where cocoa comes out kind of slowly and I'm just making sure we have enough. I'm going to pour it out of the bowl, out of the cup, I'm sorry. Now we're going to set that aside and do the same thing with our one half cup. And there we go. Boy, this pretty much actually, unless a lot more spilling out than I realized, this uses the almost the entire thing of cocoa, but that's not surprising because this is a, it is a small container. All right, we're going to pour, put the lid back on there and put that on my pantry shelf. Do we have any questions so far? Uh, so far we do not. All right. Oh, you do now. <laughs> I do, okay. Who we got? Oh, I saw a hand raise. Rachel. Good morning, Herbie. Good morning. Um, I have a um, question about the brownies. Um, you were talking about, um, uh, you mentioned sugar. I tuned in a little bit late. Could you by chance use um, Splenda in place of the sugar or could you possibly cut back on the amount of sugar to make the brownies less sweet because i've noticed in some recipes when it calls for the sugar it's a terrible sicky sweet could you decrease the amount of sugar i would assume so i must admit i've never tried baking with artificial sweeteners um Tori, you might be our expert on this type of thing, or anybody, if you want to And Tori has that. her hand raised also. Yeah, I yep. did just raise my hand to answer that, actually. Um, I was just going to say, you could. It will change the taste slightly, um, but you can use different types of sugar or use less. Um, I've done that to make it a little more diabetic-friendly or because of the fact I prefer to use the... Um, brown and refined sugar rather than the refined sugar for dietary preference reasons. Um, so you can change the sugar type or quantity. It Just be aware it will slightly change the taste. All right. Does that answer your question there, Rachel? 
was muted. Yes, it does. Thank you, Herbie. You're welcome, and thank you, Tori. Thank you, Tori. No problem. Okay, so the next thing we need is kosher salt. Um, it calls for a teaspoon of that. Should have looked to make sure um, I have kosher salt. I know I have sea salt, but I'm guessing it shouldn't matter too much. And if it does, then I guess we'll have an interesting brownie experience. And so I'm going to, uh, let's see, we'll do, I'm going to go ahead and actually measure out the teaspoon here. And um, if I can find it real quick, and now you're going to elude me, aren't you? Okay. There we I guess I found my half teaspoon, so we'll make that work. So I have a salt container where we can actually um, use the shaker part, or I can open it to where it'll pour out in clumps. And that's one thing, if you're not careful, then this is what we want for measuring. So I'm going to measure it out into a teaspoon, pour in, measure out the other half teaspoon, pour in. This is because I don't have my actual teaspoon at the moment. And there we go. Okay. Next thing that we need is one cup melted butter. There are two ways that we can melt the butter on the stove or in the microwave. My guess is that most of you, if you try this recipe, are probably going to use the microwave. So that is the method I'm going to use. But you could definitely do the stove as well and just set the two sticks of butter in a pan, kind of stir it constantly. So we're going to get out a microwave safe bowl. And I'm going to put unwrap each stick of butter and put it in the bowl. Okay, I really need a got out a bowl that was a bit too small, but it's going to melt so downward anyway, so I guess we'll just have them kind of sticking up rather than trying to get a new bowl. Now, how long do we melt the butter for? So I'm thinking a little bit around a minute should be good. So we'll give that a try. I have a talking microwave and the disadvantage with that is it's not accessible for setting seconds because otherwise they'd actually prefer to try 45 seconds. But and Chanel has her hand raised. Chanel, yes. Um, first of all, I'm wondering if normally people might do like 20 or 30 seconds, but, and then the second thing is, are th is this the recipe where you should be like creaming together the eggs and the butter and all that, or are you just putting it all in one big mess bowl? So we're kind of putting it all together in one big bowl. And, um, the stick butter takes a little bit longer to melt than like the spreaded butter. Um, so, like, if I'm opening the microwave right now, let's see. Nope, it's not uh, completely melted, but the um, that so that that's the thing. There's the stick takes a little bit longer too. So anyway, while the butter is melting, let's go on to our next ingredient because we can come back to the butter. 
and um so okay yeah so what we're gonna do first actually is stir in the first three ingredients the sugar the cocoa and salt together then we're going to add in the butter and that's what it calls for us to do with this recipe okay and it recommends that you use a wooden spat a spatula or a wooden spoon not a wooden spatula but um, okay and now my wooden spoon unfortunately folks these kitchen appliances seem to develop legs and run away from me for one reason or another um but i found a spoon that will work i'm going to go ahead and stir all this together i don't like wooden spoons that much they kind of feel wrong and that's the best way i can describe it um i like the contact i get with a regular metal spoon but uh we'll get this to work okay this is a little bit of a stiff whoa as stuff goes flying everywhere um and if i'm not careful i'm going to have cocoa flavored steak that would not be good um okay let us try that okay so now i'm gonna set this spoon aside i'm going to also look to see if i have my other wooden spoon that would work a little bit better this is kind of a hybrid wooden spoon and that it has um a very big uh center type thing but um okay i can't find the other wooden spoon i'm going to really have to replace some of my kitchen gadgetry around here let's see how our butter is doing Ooh, it actually needs a little bit more time um the Corey amount of time question okay carrie tori tori sorry um actually it's a comment more than anything um if you feel more comfortable using a, a different kind of spoon use a different kind of spoon it doesn't really matter all right i think we're going to be doing that um so thank you for that tori one thing i was going to mention with the butter as well is that um depending on whether you are taking it out of the fridge or not is going to depend on how much time it will need to melt um so sometimes people leave stick butter out to soften first before um doing stuff with it and that is good because sometimes you need to with the stick butter for it to really um be effective you know for melting butter sorry guys i'm getting right here for melting butter i don't need to do that as much um because i can just add in the extra fridge time but uh yeah if you've had it out of the fridge it's going to take less time to melt than if it's in the fridge okay so the next thing we have to do is stir in the melted butter into the mixture 
And so that is what we are going to do. And I'm getting out the, I've got the bowl of melted butter. I'm going to pour into the mixture, put this bowl in the sink, and then we are going to stir, 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 stir. The next thing we're going to be adding in is the eggs. And this calls for four large eggs. And that I know we do have plenty of. And so, okay, yeah, this um, concoction now is, oh boy, this is really stiff though, as uh, one might expect. Okay. Okay. There we go. Okay, so next our recipe. And the tricky thing with recipes is you have to sometimes know when to follow, when to get the ingredients, when to follow directions, and uh, stuff like that. So according to this recipe, We need to, um, okay, so what we've got to do is add in the eggs one at a time. So this is going to be fun, and um, this is why I probably won't be doing any more baking recipes for a while afterwards, because I'll have no arm strength. Um, but. Okay, so I've got a brand new carton of eggs that we are going to get out. And let us do that right now. Eggs, of course, you've got to be careful with them. I know we're in the 21st century and we have many miracles, but one thing we still have not figured out yet is how to make cartons that would not to break eggs and um there we go okay so i'm going to take the first egg out now you can crack it over the actual bowl that you're using or if you're concerned about shells you can use a separate bowl i'm just going to use this bowl so i'm cracking the egg once lifting the shell and we're going to throw the, the shell away lift the top part from the bottom and we're going to stir, stir, stir. I'm not going to touch the batter because um, it's just going to create more of a mess with hands and stuff. Okay. Egg number two. Same process. And I have to be a bit careful. This shell was becoming a bit of a mess and I do have some egg on my hand as a result of it so we're just going to wash that off um, now the way this is going folks um, you'll be trying the brownies in the coffee clutch not in the, this call so um, I guess you have an incentive to go to the neighborhood coffee clutch after this so there you go 
and I'm not even gonna bribe to uh, make you all go there. So there you go. Okay, starting in egg number two. Okay, gotta make sure I get in all the batter here. Um, and you know that by how parts of the batter feel with your spoon. Okay, that egg wanted to go flying out a little bit, but again, it was over the bowl, so no problems there. That's egg number three. And... Stirring that in. And our final egg. And we're going to stir, stir, stir. So before we go on to our next phase of the recipe, does anybody have any questions? At the moment, you don't have any raised hands. All right. So I'm just trying to make sure this batter here is as smooth as possible. We do have a raised hand now. I have a raised <laughs> hand now. Okay. Rachel. Rachel, yes. Yes. Um, I have asked you this before, Herbie, but I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> Where did you say I can find all these recipes? I'm sorry. I, I can never remember. Where did you so, see I can get all the recipes? Okay, great question. So this recipe I actually got from another ACB member, actually. This is not one that I had sitting around. Um, I'll have to look to see where she got the recipe from, but she was actually gracious enough to copy it from a website that is um, one of those that's not the most accessible. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but you know, sometimes I have a set, you know, I, I get my recipes from various sources. I don't just rely on one, but this one, like I said, actually came from another ACB member. So, um, there you go. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Next, we're going to deal with vanilla and molasses. So, why don't we look at our recipe here and see what we need for the vanilla. Unfortunately, the phone displays things a little bit weird. Okay, three tablespoons molasses and two teaspoons vanilla. So, let's talk molasses here. And um, it says not the abstract, so I'm guessing the molasses I got qualifies for that. I uh, uh, would assume so anyway. I just got the uh, grandma's molasses that is in a jar. And let's see here. Oh, did I actually, I think I actually left that jar out here. You go to put something in a place where you can find it, and then you can't find it. 
Okay. Um. So the molasses comes in a jar. The jar feels a little bit interesting in that it kind of, I would describe it as having like a little bit of a dent, and I know it's not the jar because I am, I've seen multiple jars like this. Okay. So, okay, I know those two are not molasses jars. They are a bit too small. This, however, I think is my molasses jar. There we go. Um, I also have these uh, mushrooms that come in a jar that feel very similar to the molasses, and so that's what was getting me confused. But by separating them out, you, I was able to tell them apart without the need for any scanning or anything like that. And I'm demonstrating this just because when you're cooking in your kitchen, you may run into situations like this where you'll get confused as to what something is. And so if you know ahead of time of what this jar or can you are looking for feels like, then you can have a really good um, opportunity to really figure out, okay, oh, this is what it is by knowing how to separate or, you know, doing some more feeling around or whatever. And so I think that's really important to know when um, cooking is how to learn how to differentiate between different jars and stuff by feel. Yes, you can scan stuff. You can use Ira. But uh, there's a lot you can do just by, you know, feeling tactical, tactically. And not everybody, of course, has um, a, a smartphone or whatever as well. So, um, okay, so the molasses is kind of like a liquid. And so I'm using my teaspoon here, tablespoon, I'm sorry, to scoop it out of the jar and into the bowl. And we're going to do three um, tablespoons. Well, wow. there is a difference between teaspoons and tablespoons of this stuff. Um, tablespoons are a lot bigger than a teaspoon. So I'm getting that taken care of and Next, we are going to deal with the vanilla, and this calls for um, two teaspoons of the stuff. So your vanilla is going to come in a um, kind of a very, it actually reminds me of a, some of those old like medicine bottles, but it's not. Um, you can probably hear me shaking it. It's this bottle. It comes in various sizes. The bottle is kind of oblong, so it's longer at the bottom, and then it kind of curves into the top, and then it's a rectangle shape, oblong, and you've got your lid, and um, that it, it's not a flip top lid. It just unscrews. Okay. One final search for my teaspoon. I have seen vanilla in various types of bottles, including the actual um, real Mexican vanilla, which I, that I think comes in a glass bottle. So, okay, I found 
a uh, a little bit bigger than the teaspoon I wanted, but actually I called for two teaspoons anyway. So I'm going to take the lid off of the vanilla. So this is the vanilla extract. If you use real vanilla, I think you have to use a little bit less than what a recipe calls for. But there we go. Um, Rachel has a question. Yes, Rachel. Yes, um, it's. I just have a comment. <clears throat> whenever um, um, I bake, or whenever you know we bake. Um, sorry about that. Whenever we bake as a um, family, um, we mm -hmm. always use the vanilla, um, the pure vanilla extract in the glass bottle, and that is so much better, stronger. It's great. Yep. So where do you get that from? Um, actually, we get it from Whole Foods. Okay. So if you are a shopper at Whole Foods, then you can definitely get the real vanilla there. And that is definitely better. I, I do agree with that. Um, but that is uh, totally good to know. I imagine you can get it from Amazon. You probably can. I, now? Yep. So I'm stirring in the uh, mixture here, guys. Thanks, Herbie. You're welcome. You're sampling it as well. Okay. Now we're going to set our spoon aside because this next one actually does call for a slotted spoon. As now we're going to deal with our flour, our ginger, our cinnamon, and cloves, which I don't think I have. But um, I don't think that'll matter too much. And by clothes, I mean a spice, not clothes as in clothing, and you get the idea. So, let's see how much flour we actually need. And I'm looking at my recipe here, guys. One cup all-purpose flour. So, um, I've already gotten my flour out, so we're going to get out a, another measuring cup because I have two sets here. And um, if you don't have braille measuring cups, you can tell which one is which by the size. And they come in a, usually a standard set of four, and so if you're unsure, if you place them together and they go in each other, you're going to have your whole cup, half cup, third cup and fourth cup. So that's how you can tell if you do not have the braille ones from Blind Mice Mart. Okay. So we're just pouring in the flour and um, okay, now we're gonna set that measuring cup aside. And, uh, you know, there's definitely something to be said. You know, the question came up once, should you use Braille for doing recipes like this? There's something to be said for it. Um, of course, you could get the Braille device or book or whatever, um, paper, you know, messy or whatever. So that's the downside. But, um, okay, so we need two teaspoons ground cinnamon and two teaspoons ginger and one teaspoon baking powder. So that's pretty easy. 
to get. So I'm going to get out my cinnamon and ginger. So what we're going to do is we're going to sift in these next few ingredients. I'm just going to do it all at once. It doesn't say to do it one at a time. And then we've got to do precisely 40 strokes according to um, this thing before we place in the oven. So let us start with our ginger. And why don't I get my measuring spoon? Okay, there's my tablespoon. I prefer the teaspoon, though I guess uh, Chanel would at least say that I can't overdo the cinnamon. But uh, I don't think we want to overdo it too much. So let's see, do I have my... Okay, this is what we call disorganized cooking, guys. So I'm and going to... Diana has a question. Yes, Diana. If you have cloves, how much does it call for? Two teaspoons. And cloves? Well, I will double check, but I believe that is what it calls for. Usually cloves is the least amount of the warm spices if you... I'm double checking. Thank you. Okay, one and a half teaspoons ground cloves, actually. A little better. Okay, thank you. Yep. Um, and yeah, okay, so we're going to, I don't have my teaspoon at the moment, it's buried. So we're just going to estimate using the cinnamon and ginger, but it's not going so to be. If you're not doing the cloves, um, it probably wouldn't hurt to just do a tablespoon each of the cinnamon and ginger. Oh, right. All right. Well, she says I can do that. So that'll be about three, about three teaspoons of each then if it's a tablespoon. So, yep. So, okay. Wouldn't hurt, wouldn't hurt she says. So that's what we're going to do. Cinnamon has been added. And so my cinnamon comes in a bottle, um, but you've, I've also seen it in like the rounder containers. But when it comes in the bottle, unfortunately, it can look like a lot of the other spices. So the ginger, this one is re really interesting. It comes in a square bottle and um, with a round lid, and it comes with a mesh thing on it. I'm taking that off so I can pour directly into the tablespoon. And this stuff comes out a little bit uh, slowly here. Okay. Ooh, spicy. Uh, this is the same ginger I used last week for the uh, sticky garlic chicken. Okay, come on out. Man, how can I build gingerbread houses if you come out too slow? Talk about the construction projects being way behind. Okay. Yeah, guys, so when they, Hansel and Gretel, when you hear about how they build the gingerbread house, you know, and, May seem like it had been a, or, or found, you know, when they found it, you know, that, that thing must have taken a while to build just based on the ginger alone, how it's behaving. So, um, a little bit of side information that you never expected to need or want to know. 
right here on Herbie's Cooking Corner. Be sure to join me every other week. Let's see. So, last thing we need is one tablespoon, I'm sorry, one teaspoon baking powder. And I have my baking powder right here. I do believe it is baking powder. I can double check that it is baking powder because I have several containers that look like it, including cornstarch. And I don't know how well cornstarch would do with this thing. And I don't feel like opening the container to find out when. You're really helpful. Um, there we go. Okay. So in that case, we will find out the hard way by opening the container. And you are definitely cornstarch. Okay. So then we go to where I do know my baking powder is. And this one is, I am very sure it. And I will double check. And I like the barcode scanners, by the way, rather than using my iPhone to scan stuff it's a lot quicker um but i use iphone when it doesn't have hey what do you know i have baking powder i actually found something in my kitchen guys and but the barcode scanner you know it just it uses omni uh directional finding which makes things a lot easier to um find stuff so if you can get your hands on the ID Mates uh, series of barcode scanners, I know they're becoming a little bit harder to find now, but uh, they can really be a time saver. And there you go. Okay. So we're going to use the tablespoon that I have and just kind of estimate a little bit how much baking powder to use. And then we're going to use our sifter. Okay. So a little bit more. Okay. All right. So I'm going to put the baking powder back in the pantry and we're going to now get a sifter spoon so what this is is basically a slotted spoon and um there we go so i guess it wants us to use this method to stir in the stuff so that's what we're going to do the flour the ginger the cinnamon and the mixture and then we are going to stir it afterwards. And then we're going to talk about how we put this stuff in the oven because it's a little bit interesting what we have to do. And we do have a gingery, cinnamony, chocolatey um, eboma coming from the bowl here. Do we have any questions? And I'm uh, also we'll, we'll give it a second because usually yep yep there we go Tori Tori yes um as regards to the bit where you were saying about you don't know what would happen if you put the cornstarch in yep. if you if you were not using eggs for any reason it would act as a great substitute for those oh that is a good thing to know 
You can use so, egg. Uh, if you're not using eggs, you can use either some cornstarch or a tablespoon of um, apple cider vinegar, which if you're doing the apple cider vinegar, it's a tablespoon per um, egg. All right. And how much cornstarch per egg? Um, just a decent sized tablespoon would do for the four eggs because you only need a small amount of that really. Well, you know, what also comes to my mind with that is this is also great for if you do not feel comfortable cracking eggs and you want to do baking, um, then even if, so then you do have another alternative to try. And so keep that in mind, guys, when you're in the kitchen, is you can use either apple cider vinegar, vinegar or cornstarch. I did not know that about cornstarch, you know, as an egg substitute. So if you don't want to deal with the shells and all that, or you can't do eggs for any reason. You can then. also, when you're making brownies, you can also just leave out the eggs. I've done that as well. You can just completely leave them out and not put a substitute and it still works. Interesting. All right. And Diana also has a question. Yes, Diana. Uh, yes, is this being put in a 13 by 9? This is being put in a 9 by 9. Oh, wow. They're going to be pretty thick then. Okay, 9 by 9. All right. Thank you. And it calls for, if you're putting them in a pan, it also, um, if you saw the uh, email, you know, it does call for a parchment paper. Right. So make sure you have that. Okay, we're going to do 40 strokes. One, two, three, four. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, but we are going to stir this. This is a very thick batter. Um, and I'm really glad I used a, my full-sized mixing bowl for these because this is... Oh, boy, I see why they say I wouldn't spoon, but... Uh, um, this is definitely going to be a very thick batter. All right. So next time we'll be cooking something a little bit more simpler. Um, I'm actually thinking about a uh, couple things I'll decide and let you all know next time. But um, one thing I thought about doing actually is uh, breakfast burritos. So, uh, yeah, who knew? we actually can do breakfast in the morning on these calls. So I'm trying to make sure I get the uh, sides of the bowl here incorporated with the stirring. But uh, we do have a very thick batter, like I said. Okay, now let's talk about our baking pan. So we do need a 9x9. And we need greased parchment paper for these. And it calls for two parchment papers. So what, it, what we're basically wanting and having it overhanging the uh, pan. So that's what it calls for. And um, that's what we're going to do. Now, thanks to uh, Janine, who does Wake, Make, and Bake. I assume she has one this Wednesday. I've not looked at the schedule. Um... No, she uh, likes to use parchment paper a lot, so I already had some on hand, but it's very easy to get. And um, how are we doing time-wise, Bonda? 
It is now 1047. We've got about 13 minutes. All right, so these are going to bake for about 40 to 45 minutes. And um, like I said, we will not get to actually um, try them on the call, but we'll be putting them in the oven. So first thing I'm going to do is get my parchment paper. This comes in a box very similar to foil. And, um, but you can tell the difference just by opening the box and uh, seeing that it's paper, not foil. Do be careful, these have serrated edges because you need them for cutting off the uh, paper. There are also um, cookie sheet uh, parchment paper things you can get that are already pre-made into the uh, size of a cookie sheet. So if you don't want to deal with uh, the uh, fuss of um, whatever, you know, uh, tearing it, then you could definitely do that as an alternative. So I'm going to unravel my first thing of parchment paper. And recall, it wants us to have the sides overhanging. So that's what we're going to do. And the way I get it to tear is by pulling the box away from the paper. And now I'm going to do this again, but in the opposite direction. Whoa, and now my Pam is going flying. Okay, so let's first of all put this back in the cupboard where it needs to go. I am going to move um, this box of Ziplocs back in there, and then we're going to get our pan. The pan comes in a round aerosol-type container. You can also use butter as a greasing agent. You could use oil, um, but uh, pan works really well, so I'm just going to use that. Put a good amount there. You just spray it, and now we're going to pour our batter into the bowl and we can always use our spoon as the um sifting agent if we need to do so which by the thickness of the batter i can already tell you we do so um unfortunately i put my spoons in the sink so we're just going to um, go ahead and we wash it because it'll be a lot easier than trying to. Uh, I don't. Yeah, we're going to just wash it again and then we will use it to help get the batter from the bowl into the pan. All right. Does anybody have any questions? So far, no sense. All right, now's a good time if you do have any questions, comments, criticisms, um, to raise your hands. And hey, Deanna uh, has a raised hand. Deanna, yes.
Deanna. Uh, make sure you've hit that got it button. Um, if you need to unmute. Sorry. There you <laughs> okay. go. Um, I have a set of mixing bowls I really like because they have a handle on one side and a port. So when getting batter into something, it makes it a lot easier because you've got something that you can keep a hold of, the handle, and then the pour spout helps direct the batter easier. Yeah, that would definitely be something worth looking into for sure. Okay, um, I need to look into that. I also still need to look into an omelet pan. Um, all sorts of cool things I need to look into for this kitchen. We also have a kitchen. question from someone with area code 571 ending in 917. Area code 571, yes. tell us who you are. Yes, hello, it's Pam. How, how are Pam. you, Herbie? I'm Good doing... Pam from Virginia. Yeah, how right. are you doing? Um, yeah, I have a question about the butter. Um, is there different? What kind of butter do you use, and there, are there different kinds of butter you can use? Okay, great question. I should have been more clear on that. So, um, for this recipe, and from the majority of the recipes you're going to encounter, they call for unsalted butter. I use the Lando Lakes stick butter, which uh, that comes in unsalted. Um, you can get spreadable butter, of course, that's unsalted if you find that'll be easier. But the nice thing about the sticks is, you know, most recipes, if they call for a half cup or cup of butter, you can just measure it in the sticks. So each stick is a half cup of butter. So, um, but I'll use the spreadable butter if uh, sometimes to like if it's uh, for stirring or whatever, but you know, usually I'll just let the stick butter sit out so it'll be softened enough that I can work with it. Um, but otherwise, so any kind of unsalted butter for the majority of these types of recipes will do. Does that answer your question? All right. Um, I think we have Diana. Diana, oh, yeah, yes. that answers my question. That answers my question. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Okay, Diana. Sorry. Um, I missed the salt measurement. Sorry. It is a, um, let me double check on that. I think it is a teaspoon or two teaspoons. Um, but I will double check on that for you in just a minute. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So I'm going to put the brownies in the oven. I poured the batter into the bowl and I've used my hand just to smooth it out. You could also use a butter knife if you prefer. I have the oven set to 350. Now, there are several thought processes on this. I will tell you truthfully, um, I am not and so not just not a big fan but totally against the idea of taking out your oven rack um i think that actually is more dangerous i think that it creates more uncertainty and i think it's an overall truly bad idea i know there are some people that love it but i don't 
I have to tell you, I don't agree with it. I like to know where my oven rack is at all times, and by leaving it in one spot, I do. And so now I'm going to, and that's one less thing to have to deal with, and I don't have to deal with an oven mitt, because now I can stand in front of the oven, and I can bend down and slowly lower the pan, and oh, what do you know? I feel my oven rack, I scoop back the thing back, and then I close the door, set the timer for 40 minutes. And there you go, now they're in the oven baking, and we'll find out next hour during the in Neighborhood Coffee Clatch how they turn out. Um, wanna invite you guys real quick to join me tomorrow for accessible online games. That's going to be at five um, central time, six Eastern. I will be showing everybody Quentin's Playroom. And next week, Blind Sense Birth is going to be at that same time where I do have an interesting topic picked out and you have to come to the call to find out what. And um, I hope you will join me for that as I need to go heat up my uh, coffee and because um, I left it out earlier. So these are going to bake for about uh, 40 to 45 minutes or until they're obviously done. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they turn out in terms of uh, flavor. And do we have any more questions? No, that was a good time. And you have two minutes. Two minutes. All right, guys. So, okay, so real quick, let me look up the exact amount of salt that is needed because that was asked. One teaspoon kosher salt. So that's the actual measurement. So, so. Uh, and Charles has a quick, a quick question for you. <laughs> okay, um, I'm just, I'm sorry, it's Janet. I have the wrong name up. But do, have you ever used an induction stove? I just got it this week and it's brand new and I have. So I've used an induction burner from New Wave. Um, I have used one of those, but that's to the extent of it. Um, real quick. So the, it does say 40 to 45 minutes, the top should be puffed. It recommends transferring to a wire rack to let cool afterwards. And it recommends, recommends using the parchment overhang to lift out the brownie. So there you go. Okay, um, but I have not used an actual induction stove, no. Um, but you'll have to, I mean, I think for the most part, you'd probably cook the same way that uh, you would with a regular burner. Just don't, just be prepared. Some things may cook faster than you're used to. So just monitor whatever you're cooking and uh, let us know how that induction stove turns out. Well, it's all, it's not plugged in yet. It's just sitting in the middle of the kitchen. So I, I have to, I'm really anxious to use it, but I just thought maybe some tips. I, I've never heard anybody that used it yet. Guys, we are out of time. It's been Thank fun. Thank you so much, Herbie.